We are recording. Mike Shine, how are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. It's uh, like you said, deja vu. This is the second time we've done this one. That's right. <laughs> it's, uh, but we're doing it in the morning, so here's a cup of coffee. That's right, brother. Cheers to you. Cheers. So, uh, <laughs> Mike, we've known each other for a while now. Met you at a networking event and didn't know you were an attorney, then found out you were an attorney. Uh, didn't know you were an investor, then found out you were an investor. Um, and then after you know months and months of, of knowing you, I didn't realize that you were as uh, knowledgeable as stocks. So, and then I didn't realize you had five kids. So there's like a lot of just layers to you that just you reveal over time. Right, I'm an onion. <laughs> and, so, and then you got all those uh, awards behind you there. <laughs> yeah. That's my Boston University diploma. That's right. I see it up there. I got a, I got my train the trainer thing. Yep. There. <laughs> Rich dad, poor dad. There it is. This awesome. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> so how did um, how did you go from uh, being an attorney to to getting into real estate? What was what was the first deal like? What where did it come from? Like what made you say this is nice, but real estate's interesting to me? Yeah. So um, uh, I you know my family's been doing real estate for my father been doing real estate for a long time um and uh, uh we my wife and i read a book a long time ago and and we decided to go buy a two-family in Pawtucket at that time um but we um i didn't have the knowledge i have now so we just kind of bought it we paid the contractor to fix it up um it, you know it's something that i wish i had hung on to but it's uh wasn't the right time, I guess. So we bought it, uh, fixed it up, sold it. Um, everybody made money except for me. So we had, but that was like 15, at least 15 years ago. Um, yeah. But the, so the lender made money, the, the realtors made money, the contractor made money. And I guess it's kind of a blessing because I walked away with three grand. So I didn't lose money on my first deal. <laughs> so your, your first flip was, was $3,000. <laughs> And it wasn't intended to be a, a flip either. So that's, that's part of the thing. If you're going in to do a buy and hold and then you flip it, that's probably a bad idea. So that doesn't always work out for you, right? So yeah. so why do you end up selling? How long did you hold it? Why did you end up selling? Um, and wh why did you decide to buy a rental property in the first place? So um, uh, I read a book called The Automatic Millionaire Homeowner, uh, which I think I'm going to read again. Maybe we'll put it on our group of all our books we're reading. Um, and it made it sound so easy to just buy and hold. Um, but I, again, this was a, a long, you know, like 15 years ago, and I really didn't understand the market at the time and what I was, what I was doing. Um, geez, if I put that on a 15 year mortgage, it'd be paid off right now. It'd be done. It'd be done, right? I could give it to one of my kids. Um, but I, um, uh, but no, it's okay. It was uh, it was uh, an education, like I, I think I mentioned to you. There was uh, lots of uh, cockroaches in the upstairs one, so we had a guy uh, Mario Fonseca come in and blast this one and uh, killed everything in a in a city block. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, we uh, we got it all fixed up. I learned a lot. You know, we bought like tiles from Home Depot set up the the upstairs apartment was really nice but I just I think I panicked sold I, I was afraid of where the market would go I didn't understand that on buy and hold you can weather these type of situations and uh, so 
from everything's education, you know, so you learn, you learn. So yeah, you um, basically you bought it to hold it. Yeah. You, you read the book, uh, Automatic Millionaire for Homeowners. And um, after closing, what happened? Was it just like, you know what? Market's going to crash. I'm out. What was this? Uh, 2004, 2005? Um, yeah, I can't remember. It might have been closer to 2007. But, uh, <laughs> um, you don't have the right idea. <laughs> yeah. But I, um, well, first of all, there was a Section 8 tenant on the first floor, which I, I don't have a problem with Section 8, but she had like a, a boyfriend who was always there parking the car on the lawn and there were like rules about whether you, and I didn't know the rules that well. And then on the second floor, it was just like I said, it had uh, cockroaches and I did a lot of work on it. So we spent like four months, you know, doing the demo and then fixing it up and it made it look really nice. Um, but I, I think I just was afraid that um, I wouldn't be able to afford it. And so I, I, I sold it. So was the end of that. And so you did all the work yourself. This is so this is good. Yesterday's interview, I'm, I'm pulling more information out of you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody who's who's wondering what we're talking about with Deja Vu, and, and this is the second time we've recorded this. So I I didn't hit the save button and had to start over. So I called Mike and I was like, Mike, we gotta do this again. <laughs> I said that. I said, well, I, it's I good. We're getting more details. I get to talk about myself for another hour. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so the, so the um, what, it was, it was cash flowing. It wasn't cash flowing. You were just concerned. Yeah, I, I think it was cash flowing. It's so, so long ago. I can't, I can't really remember, but again, I, I didn't understand any of the stuff. Like even when I was talking to the realtor about, um, you know, buying it and would it cash flow? I didn't even think that way back then. So, right. um, so my real beginning came from about a year and a half or two years ago, Brenda and I started reading um, The Miracle Morning. Um, and The Miracle Morning has you get up an hour early and start doing, among amongst other things, highly recommend that book, but amongst other things, it, it, they recommend uh, 20 minutes of reading every morning. And... Um, so uh, I, I read a book, uh, everybody knows, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. And that was the real start. Such a good book. It just changed my, my mindset completely. Um, going from, you know, collecting a paycheck and being a, a partner in the firm to figure out ways to make massive income from passive income. So that's my, my mantra. Massive, massive income from passive income. From pass, uh, from passive income. <laughs> That's right. So I, um, I, uh, uh, well, actually what happened was Brenda's uh, mom had moved up from Georgia because her sisters were all working and Georgia is such a big state that they couldn't get over to see her all the time. And so uh, Brenda, you know, we have five kids. So Brenda's working at home and she has a real estate license, but it's mostly out of the house. And she said, this is ridiculous. I want, I want to spend time with my mom. Let's move her back up here. So yeah. uh, she moved in with us and um, that, I mean, it was fine. Everybody was okay, but it wasn't the best situation, you know? <laughs> so you, you moved your, your mother-in-law into your house with yeah. your five kids yeah. and, and your wife. Yeah. And that seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we said we needed some more room and we talked about building like a, uh, an extra garage with an apartment and because she was older we thought maybe we 
make the garage downstairs her apartment as opposed to the upstairs because she wouldn't have to climb the stairs. And then, you know, after she stopped using that, we would, you know, retrofit it like a garage and then we would turn it back into a garage. Um, but that was, that was pretty pricey when we started getting prices for that type of thing. So then um, Brenda said it was like God or the universe. She was looking on MLS and this little cottage uh, came up two and a half miles from us, a one bedroom cottage uh, in Saunders town with beach uh, rights. Um, and it was like perfect little adorable uh, cottage. And uh, so we, we bought it and that was like the first real purchase. We uh, moved uh, Nana in there. It actually became known as Nana's shack. Um, <laughs> and she, she loved it, you know, and, uh, and uh, so we did that and the plan was she was gonna, you know, live for the next 20 years. And then when she passed away, we would, um, we would do something like an Airbnb. But unfortunately she got sick and she passed away a, a year later. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was, um, but it was nice that Brenda got to spend that, that time with her. Um, Absolutely. So did yeah. Nana pay for rent in Nana's shack or was that rent free? And oh, she was paying a discounted rent to us. I have the family uh, discount. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. But, uh, but yeah, so, and yeah, and her mom's a very proud woman. She wouldn't have, right. she would have never lived for free. That just wasn't who she was. So, um, but anyway, so we, uh, so after she passed away and a couple of months went by, we decided to turn it into an Airbnb. And um, Brenda was amazing at it. She ended up getting 50 five-star reviews, became a super host. Um, but uh, it, it was a, a real job. You know, we were charging in the winter like 65 bucks a night. So that means you couldn't pay a, um, you couldn't pay a, a cleaning service. So Brenda was over there like every two days, just you know, cleaning all the linens, changing everything out, taking all the food out of the refrigerator. And so, um, I could say something about Airbnb. Airbnb can be a great model, but it is a business. So yeah. it, it's a job rather. The job. It's, it's not, it's not massive income from passive income. <laughs> and so after a year of doing that, and again, she, uh, Brenda was very successful at it. Uh, we decided to change it over to just a, um, a rental unit and we found a, a great tenant. She's a very sweet woman. Um, Actually, just kind of like the universe, her name is the same name as Nana's best friend. So, oh, no way. <laughs> yes, and it was like this is meant to be. Yep. So but, you're you're good. You you get the discounted rent too. <laughs> and uh, she she um you know I I said yesterday it's kind of like a commercial deal because it's almost triple net. This woman pays a little bit lower rent than it would have come out total with all the Airbnb stays per month, but at the same time, she's paying her own oil, she's paying her own, own electric. Um, yeah, so it, it, it really worked out well, and, and it's the path of income. I, I don't think about that um, cottage too often. You know, we're not over there. We're not doing a lot of maintenance. It's just um, right. cash flow. So, yeah. So one of the one of the things that people talk about Airbnb all the time is they say, oh, you can make three times as much rent, and you know it, it's automated. The system does everything. But you're saying from from personal experience that Airbnb is a lot more work. It's way more hands on, way more systems involved, and um, as opposed to a traditional, just you know, 
once a month rental, this person's in there locked in lease or, or tenant at will. And then the other side of it is you weren't really getting a massive amount of rent. You weren't getting far more than, uh, than you expected. Exactly. So for when Brenda was doing it as a super host, she was, you know, she would get them a $10 gift card for, for coffee. Um, she was getting, you know, apples, bananas, creamers. Uh, like I said, you pay the oil, you pay the electric. So in the end, this, this worked out just a lot better. Uh, I do have a friend who has a, um, I think it's a seven bedroom in Narragansett, like right near the beach. Right. Crushing it because he's got families that are paying $10,000 a week. Right. And so he's doing just the summertime. He doesn't rent to URI students or anything like that, but he, charges 10 grand a week and he gets these big families that, you know, they want to go stay a week um, in Narragansett. And so I could see how it can work. He also has systems. He has cleaning people and that kind of stuff. At 10,000 a week, yeah. the systems are more affordable. <laughs> it's, it was funny when I would talk to him about his Airbnb versus ours because we're making 65 bucks a night. <laughs> <laughs> your yeah. week looks like what 300 bucks his is ten thousand dollars it's <laughs> little differences having said that he spent a lot of money on that property but it's something that's good for the long term but uh, yeah right. but it's a job and it was a job that we didn't want to do our uh brenda and my our focus is um is getting um they don't necessarily have to be just um residential but just uh small multi-families around around here so. right and where is where is that it's north smithfield in east north, north kingstown north kingstown i had it i nailed it yesterday right. <laughs> awesome. north kingstown and east greenwich yeah right and uh so we, we have uh three in north kingstown one in east greenwich and how one, many how many units total 16 16 one in, one in newport that's a six unit that i have with a partner so yeah nice yep. cool. so you have 16 units you built that over less than two years yeah a year and a half a year what and a half was we were doing the miracle morning i read uh, rich dad poor dad and immediately saw that um you know you can use your home equity line of credit and uh picking up properties and then getting them like the burr strategy and then getting them into their own mortgages we just this was pretty amazing uh shout out to bristol county savings <laughs> yep. i got a um Three unit, non-owner occupied, uh, 25 years at 3.375. 3.375. On a 25 year. So I have I not seen a note that low in a long time. So <laughs> Yeah, could have done 15 years at 3%, but that would have just been for bragging at cocktail parties. And right. There's no more cocktail parties. So no, know. exactly. With, with uh, COVID-19, we're all we're at home on Zoom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who needs bragging rights now? <laughs> But yeah, we just thought 25 years was a better uh, time period, and yeah, so we're, the cash flow is better. The cash flow is yeah, better yeah. at 25 years. We're you know we're not in any rush to pay it off. Who cares, you know? Cheaper. Right, and that's that's one of the things I noticed about you though is you do like those shorter terms. Yeah, you do yeah. talk about 20 years. You talk about 15 years uh, in all of our conversations. Uh, yeah. When you think of a mortgage, you you don't really I very rarely hear you mention a 30 year mortgage. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it, what it, causes that? I I totally get it, but I want to hear your side of it. Yeah, so I don't know. There's there's two different philosophies, and one of them a friend of mine has. He just wants to buy cash flowing multis and put them on a 15 year mortgage, 
And then he knows that in 15 years, when he's retired, that they'll be paid except for taxes and insurance, and he'll just be collecting more. So that's, that's one school of thought. And then Brenda is more of the, you know, extend it out, get the cash flow now, and use it to go buy other properties. They both work. I feel like you just have to pick a strategy and go with it. Right. You know? So the one that I was mentioning was 25 years. He didn't have a 30 year. So that was the, right. That was, I would have gone a 30 year on that one, but again, you know, you, you can go either way. It's, it's just your individual philosophy because that friend of mine, he bought a property in 2003, you know, with a partner and it's completely paid off now. Nice. And he's, he and his partner are talking about pulling out, this is in uh, Newport Middletown area, but they're pulling out like 150,000 each. Yep. Go buy more properties. And I just equity. Yep. Yeah. It's just awesome. So. Yeah. I mean, that's what me and Ron talk about it now, instead of going in, taking income, it's just do a refinance, take some of that. Like instead of selling one of our properties, losing the cash flow and a long-term right. appreciation, it's just refinance it a little bit, take that little bit of cash and it pays itself anyway. Exactly. As long as we're, we're always buying more property, it's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And so I was saying that we don't just do, um, uh, residential stuff. So where I'm sitting is my office and that's a two unit and it has, um, my law office on the first floor and a hair salon on the second floor. And, um, so it's a cash flowing rental property as well. And, um, I think I was saying yesterday, you know, the, the real gift that Brenda has is she, uh, among other things, but she's <laughs> yeah, we're talking about that a lot. Yep. Well, she's just really good at picking properties and good locations. And, you know, we joke around about the, what are the three most important things in real estate location, location, location. Yep. But she's always looked at stuff. And when I find stuff that's kind of not in a, in such a good location, she'll be like, yeah, I don't know about that. But the ones that she's bought have all, I mean, that she said we should go out and get have all been in good locations and they're, yeah, so that's a that's an awesome. So speaking of Brenda, there's it, something you mentioned yesterday is that you guys have a it's a phenomenal relationship. You you say you know thank God like you had the conversations let's go invest and thank God she was on board with you. Right. And then the other side of this, you know, she's raising five kids with you, and yeah. mo like yesterday it just kept coming up like oh yeah you know Brenda did this Brenda did that Brenda did this and it's I like wow. I just sit and look pretty. Yeah, it's almost like she's she's making a lot of the decisions. She's going yeah. to do a lot of the legwork, and uh, she's a phenomenal partner for you. Yeah, and it, it's just she's very supportive and really involved in the business. Yeah, absolutely. So she um, she worked at an advertising company as the admin there, um, and she, and they had her doing bookkeeping and working with the accounting and doing accounting, and she loves working with numbers. So whenever we have a deal, I would always uh, have her look at it and she did the numbers. I'm more of a, we talked about this yesterday, but the disc profile, I'm more of a high eye. Yep. I like to go out and meet people and be social and have fun. And not that Brenda doesn't like to go meet people and have fun, but she's really good with like the, the C stuff. She, she understands the numbers. Um, she likes doing the numbers. And so it's just a, it's a good, it's a good team um, right. way to go. And like I said yesterday, it's, it's just a blessing that, I've heard of other couples that they don't see eye to eye on real estate investing. Um, she, she read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and she, she was like, yeah, I already knew this. Yeah. <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, all right, well, thanks for waiting for me to catch up. <laughs> your, your mind's blown. And she's like, <laughs> she's that like, makes sense. 
So, um, yeah, so we, we work as a team and, um, you know, I think it, it works out really well that way. That's, it's cool. Right. And, um, you know, with the, with the kids, like two of the kids are older and they're Sam and Hannah are out of the house. So we're dealing with three now. And, uh, but yeah, she's an amazing mom and wife and all that good stuff. She's a, a keeper and a life partner. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's very blessed. It's one of the one of the elements that I, I just love about you guys, right? Your, your kids are all very well behaved. They've come to our events before. They've come. No, they, well, when when I see them, <laughs> I mean, the like your daughters, they definitely are into what they believe in, right? They they promote. They're both very strong vegans, and, and yeah. everything on their Insta, Instagram is like very clear. You yeah. know where they stand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know. Uh, in fact, I, I was out in California and I met some cows and I had to take yeah. some and I was like, look, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> Samantha told me that. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. So, and you, you've brought them to the events, like you're, you're supporting them, you're, you're training them like on the right stuff for their mind, like early on. Um, you know, why, why do you emphasize, like how, one, how did you get such a great relationship with your wife and get her on board? And then how did you, like you're, relationship with your kids is just so so solid like they respect you they like you they go to the the investor meetups with you like how does somebody create that for themselves well i, I think that um you know obviously it's not perfect you know <laughs> you know but i think that what happens is i am just uh, when i get enthusiastic about something it it really comes off that way like you know influence or high eye right and i'm around the house brenda and i are reading the books and um you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant, and, and Hannah's boyfriend, Romero, came over, we're throwing books at him, read this book, read this, and now he's buying his first three family. Um, but I think that it just kind of makes, it all makes sense. So it's not, you know, when you say real estate is um, simple, it's not easy. Right. You know? So everybody seems to, when we get enthusiastic about it, and say, hey, this is a, this is another path that if you want to I don't know if you want to be a massage therapist or if you want to go work in a law firm, you can do that. But at the same time, all this real estate, you can have it as passive income on the side. And then if you want to go away for a month and go to Paris or go, you know, go somewhere else, you've got that freedom. So I think they see the freedom and they, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes we drag them to meetings. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. funny because now I see Ramiro, uh, I think it's Sam's boyfriend showing up, uh, yeah. Hannah's boyfriend yeah. showing up to meetings, even without you. I was like, where's Mike? And he's like, yeah, he's in Florida. <laughs> Him and Brenda are in Florida this week. <laughs> yeah. No, he's had a great op opportunity. I think he's 24 now. So yep. uh, we had him read a book, uh, Scott Trench called Set for Life. Yep. And, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, you know, by the time he's uh, 30, he'll be, you know, he'll have enough income to, you know, he has a great, he has a great job too. So it's just a, you know, if he doesn't want to work, he doesn't have to, but that's the whole plan is that that's kind of like with your hundred millionaires, you know, if you right. get all these people to, you know, invest in real estate and then if they want to keep doing their job, go keep doing your job. But uh, right. it seems, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. I just think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're making millionaires, man. So yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, my I set a goal at the beginning of the year. I said I'm going to make in the next five years by 2025, 100 people will become millionaires, and it will be because of the efforts that we're putting out in the in the Alchemist community. And Mike, fortunately, is uh, one of our members. He's already a millionaire, and so he's treating 
this as a chance to give back. So he's coaching people and training people and you've, you've been tremendous in the group. Uh, so Mike's been doing our, our weekly book a week, right? The 52 books a year, a book a week. He's been presenting that every Saturday. Uh, and we talked about it yesterday. What is the book that's coming up for this week? Cause this, this will go out today. I'm going to post this today. Oh yeah. So the book of the week is atomic habits. Yep. And if you give me one second, I can get the, the name of the author, but yeah, atomic habits. Uh, when you hear the word atomic, you think like an atomic bomb, right? But it's actually atomic meaning like small, like at, like the atom. Uh, and that book is by James clear, which is James clear. Clear. And, so yeah, uh, get downloading that book now <laughs> so I can have it before uh, tomorrow for Saturday. About, it's really about doing small habits. Um, and, uh, it's, it, I was reading it last night and it was just about the, um, habits. If you think of them differently about who you, who you want to become, as opposed to just, I'm, I'm going to the gym or whatever. That's really the mind shift. Which one? Um, I can't even see it. Hang on a second. Uh, the first one. The first one? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a great book. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, just um, that's the book of the week, and I'm, I'm getting through it. It's a thick book, so I'm actually reading that one. I, You're reading it right now? <laughs> well, I'm, like, actually reading, not doing the audible. So, um, right. Yeah, so i, I got to get to it. But I, I read a bunch of it last night. It's, it's just got some good, good thoughts about how small habits um, – and you know, with this uh, virus, I've been, uh, I've got a treadmill downstairs and I've got a weight bench downstairs, like a, you know, like with a stack of weights and, uh, and it's just, it's kind of the perfect time because, you know, I go home and I, uh, do some running on a treadmill and then do some lifting. So I'll be ready for June at the beach. That's right. <laughs> so you do lifting and learning. It's, yeah, it's like right. you got school on wheels or you got lifting and learning. Yeah, right. Exactly. But uh, I've also been, while I've, I've been on the treadmill, I've been listening to like a lot of um, YouTube podcasts, like talking about Tesla and things like that. It's awesome. I know, Mike, I love your texts. So I'll wake up. So, so Mike wakes up way before me. So in the miracle morning, way before I am, I wake up around like nine o'clock. And then I'm like, oh, I, I'll wake up and there's already like a YouTube video sitting there. <laughs> <You're doing> research. <laughs> But you're pretty amazing because whenever I send you something, you're like, oh, yeah, that was amazing. I listened to it. I'm like, wow, that's really fast. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you send it in and I'm still sitting in my home office, you know, in bed. <laughs> and I'm, I'm watching these videos. <laughs> I read the quick article and it's, you know, you, whatever you send is, is usually quality. You've already filtered through all of the research in the morning. So yeah, by the time it comes to me, I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I definitely um, – I definitely don't take opinion. I usually like to see if they've got some facts behind what they're talking about. So yeah, it's cool. Right. And, uh, and the gentleman you sent the other day, I can't remember his name now, but he was saying that, um, you know, Warren Buffett was saying invest in, in one or, or two stocks that you really believe in early on that, that was something that he did. And, uh, one of the wealth principles was, uh, invest, you know, what was it? Um, put all your eggs in one basket and guard right. that basket. Which was exactly what you were saying. It was, um, you know, that was your wealth principle. What was it, eight or something like that? It was uh, six or seven. It, it, or actually, it was pretty early on. It was like four. But um, like yeah, the wealth principles. Put it all in one basket. And uh, hang on, I'm just looking for this guy's name. Oh, Chicken, Chicken Genius Singapore. Singapore, yep. 
you want to know about Tesla and what someone who's been studying it for a long time, he's on YouTube and he's pretty, pretty impressive with his, with his facts, but, uh, he's yeah. factual about it. Like yeah. during this downtime, now Tesla is one of those, that's not a fundamentally like, you know, we talk, we, we joke about Tesla and Amazon having not made profits, right? They don't yeah, show right? profits. They don't show <laughs> like fundamentally it's like, dude, this company's in trouble but because they're able to keep perception so strong and they do deliver a really good product, yeah, they're able to, and their investors believe in them, they're able to keep raising capital and, and keep putting out uh, a good product. Yeah. And during the downturn, right, this, this last crash, you know, this is, uh, we're still in it, right? March 25th, yeah. during this uh, bear market, Tesla dropped and then Tesla came right back. Mm. That was, man. Uh, you know, we're talking about the, so Brenda and I are big, big believers in like God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, source. And she said to me, she's like, um, uh, I don't know what was, gave me the urge, but Tesla was down at like three something. And I wanted to call you and tell you to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we didn't, she didn't, she didn't call me, but it was just a, a, a lesson on oh. when you have that something, a message coming to you that. To definitely take up. This is not. Um, yeah, we're not giving stock uh, advice. <laughs> what we're doing, but uh, yeah, you you do your own research and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I look at Tesla the same way I look at cryptocurrency. I'm like, you know what? It goes up, it goes down. Like, it's not my industry. I don't understand it. Um, yeah. Doesn't pay dividends, so I'm like, I'm not interested. But, really? <laughs> but there is, and same with with Bitcoin. When Bitcoin went down to five thousand, I told all my buddies who I know are like big Bitcoin guys. I was yeah. like, hey, now's the time to buy. You're like, oh, you know, I'm just waiting for, I'm waiting for it to come back. And it's like, dude, like, just get it. Like, you yeah. bought it at eight, buy again at five. <laughs> you thought it was good at eight, it must be great at five. Exactly. I, actually, with Tesla specifically, I was, I was, I, um, I was looking at it at 725 before the virus. Right. Um, and so uh, yesterday, um, I bought some at uh, like 500. So right. It's still. Pricey. If you look back at some of the videos that this guy has, you know he was like it was at two hundred one. But at the same time, I, I I'm just putting it in my. Uh, I did. I just think that, you know, I'm not happy about the virus because of all the people who are getting sick and, and right. dying. But at the same time, these are opportunities in the market because yeah. people are panic selling and there's no there's no reason for that. So. We're not. So when we talk about capitalizing on a bad opportunity, we're not capitalizing on COVID-19 or, or a virus, we're capitalizing on a drop in the stock market. That's, it's just fundamentally disconnected. You know, when the stock's worth this, it's trading for this, it's completely unrelated to COVID-19. It's 100%, this is the opportunity to buy. And that's, you're making financial decisions based on a financial market, not, a, not whether it's a good or bad time for people. Right. In fact, you're balancing out the market by putting money in companies you believe in, giving them more liquidity. Exactly. You know, uh, so just to, uh, I want to tell a funny story because I wanted to get back to the real estate stuff. But the, yeah. uh, so I was looking at a building for like the last year. This is the universe again. Um, I drove by this building in East Greenwich for like a year and I had a for sale sign and said, wow, I like that location. That's a cool, I like that building. And, but you know, Brenda says, I say that about a lot of buildings and then I don't, pull the trigger, not in a bad way, but she's right. You know, I like, yep. oh, should have bought it. And then in a year later, you see someone's done an amazing development. You're like, man, I should have pulled the trigger. But anyway, 
So I saw this building and then I had this mortgage guy who switched, he was in East Greenwich, he switched to a company um, that took him out of East Greenwich. Yeah. Comes to me one day and he says, hey, uh, you like buying buildings, you know, if you bought this building, we would, we would rent it from you. So he shows me the building, it was the building that I'd driven by for like a year. And I was like, no way. I said, yeah, I'll do that. So I, I immediately made an offer. Um, got it accepted and put in a purchase and sales agreement. And then the next day he's like, Hey, that building's too small for us. We're going to go somewhere else. No way. So you bought a building based on a tenant. Yeah. You line up the tenant. Cause that's the hardest part in commercial, right? You line up the tenant and you're ready to go. And the tenant backs yeah. out, which is, you still have this thing under agreement. Yeah. So, but it was a total blessing because uh, he was talking about like 10 mortgage guys. So they each have a car and the parking would have been, a, a mess not even just tight just a right. mess um uh so he backed out but i was like you know what uh, i'm still gonna gonna buy it because i told you i've been driving by it for like a year uh i ended up buying it and uh i was um a friend of mine mentioned that she had a friend who i knew um and she said oh she's looking for a place in in east greenwich and within a week she was yeah i'm i'm in we fixed up the place it was like a burr um, so it has, um, it has a, a law office in the back, um, not mine, but this other woman's law office. Then we have uh, in the front, we're going to, we're keeping it for Brenda to run, but also have a place for closings for Blake Cunningham. Yep. Cause in Rhode Island, people don't like to go anywhere. Like even right. though East Greenwich and North Kingstown are 15 minutes away, <laughs> all, they would rather go to close in town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. So. So we're keeping the front one and then upstairs we have uh, residential um, apartments. So it's, nice. it's perfect. So that was um, a nice mix of commercial and residential. <laughs> Mike, we got about uh, two minutes left. I want to, I want to get your three tips. Yesterday you gave some, some solid, just three tips for people who um, if, if you didn't have the ability to raise your kids and spend all the time with them, or if, if you could go back and give yourself this advice, early on in the business, what, what three tips would you give the young Mike Shine who's looking in to get in and, and become a millionaire? Uh, what three tips would you give him, give yourself? Okay, so the first tip would be to start a Roth, self-directed <laughs> Roth IRA when you're 20 and yep. run that sucker every single uh, week, which is what I'm telling uh, Sam and Hannah to do. And they set up, they set up not self-directed, but they have Roth IRAs. Um, I will say, based on, uh, uh, in relation to that advice, uh, talk to a financial planner if you're doing that, because I think that if you're younger, there are reasons to do a regular IRA as opposed to a Roth IRA, and so those are subtleties that I don't understand, but I know that when you get a little older my age, the Roth IRA is the way to go, so talk right. to someone about it when you set it up. Um, but if you fund that type of stuff early, um, uh, that just uh, sets you up for retirement. And if you do it when you're 20, you only have to put like 43 bucks a month in to get right. to like a million when you're 65 and maybe a million when you're 65 isn't a lot, but it'd be better to have a million than, than not have a million at 65. So uh, self-directed Roth IRA for me has just been amazing. I've been doing a small amount of private lending in it and it's just the coolest vehicle because tax-free um, you know, and yeah, so that's number one. 
I, I borrow some of your money, so I appreciate it. I'm glad you do it. Equity Trust, Mike Shine. Right. <laughs> appreciate yeah. it. Um, anyway, yeah, so um, that's really cool. Like that's, uh, um, second thing is that um, real estate is not get rich quick. Right. It's not like one of these guys at three in the morning, one of those infomercials. Like, yeah. Is um, get rich, I don't know, they say slowly. I wouldn't really say it's slow, but it's, Maybe the rich part is slow, but you know, it, it, it's like a snowball. It picks up pretty quickly. And um, you know, you'll go from zero properties to, to one to five before you, you know, in a blink of an eye, because you, you once you figure out how to get the money and get the deal. Right. You know, um, get the money, get the deal. I love those. <laughs> yeah. Get the deal. Get the nope. deal. Go to, go to the alchemist and watch Gualta tell you how to get the deal. That's it. Uh, um, um, and, uh, geez, I've never used this, this, uh, phrase before, but your network is your net worth. Yep. Um, that would be another one. Uh, I mean, I've heard people say it, I didn't make that up, but, uh, I really feel that like one of the things that happened to me is because I've been networking, I go to the RIA meetings, that's where I met you, Walter, um, go to Fall River and meet a lot of quality people there, um, in all different stages. And that's why I love it. Some are newbies and some are like, the guy you just had on Matt yeah a thousand units I'm like really I gotta follow that you couldn't follow somebody with like a one three bedroom that they're they're house hacking but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right before this we had Matt Matt from uh uh he's actually from New York but he from Boston right and yeah. two thousand units <laughs> yeah love love to meet him sometime that would be awesome yeah come um, up with me uh, to the event in Newton he, he's phenomenal and uh super friendly but yeah, networking, it, yeah. like you're kind of the king of it. You're, you're always at um, any event there is, you, you run the, you're not running, but you're always at the Rhode Island one. You stay late, you network with yeah. everybody. Learn that from you. Yeah. <laughs> stay late. That's my competition. Can I beat Walter and stay That's late? That's it. Can you stay later than me? <laughs> I'm a closer, Mike. But you know that the, obviously the Rhode Island, the RIA meeting is, is amazing value in what they're teaching yeah. you, but just like Rick, says it's the it's the networking afterwards it's talking to people uh learning from people all sorts of quality people so yeah um that's it and uh i don't know if i've gotten three but the third one is in uh this is gonna sound fishy too shit as enjoy the journey i mean it's yep. not it's not um i'm just having fun with this like meeting you walter has just been fun it's not you know, what was people say, really, you're going to Fall River on a Saturday morning? I said, I enjoy it. I, we, you know, we're talking about fun stuff and it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like playing with house money. You're just having a good time with it all. And so that's, uh, yeah, that's another, yeah. You're, you're a huge contributor uh, on the Saturdays on those trainings. So having you in the room is, is just tremendous for everybody. Seeing somebody who's in it with them, but at the same time, your steps ahead. I think it helps the whole group just uh, saying like, okay, it's possible for me too. Yeah. And also just the general have a positive outlook on life, like being positive. I'm a big believer in uh, law of attraction. Yep. So if you're always complaining, you're just going to be attracting more issues. And if you're always being positive, you just attract more, more positive things. I just, that was part of the miracle morning too. It was all be grateful for what you have and, uh, yeah, just be positive. It's, fun. it's much more fun anyways. Really? You want to be a sad sack? <laughs> so it's funny because you deliver the book a week. Uh, we got Atomic Habits coming up. 
I'm interviewing uh, another guest down in about a minute. I'm, I'm doing all these today, right? I'm banging them all out today. Yeah, yeah nice job. But before we jump off, I want to make sure people have a way to contact you. What is the easiest way to get in touch with you, Mike? Uh, you can text me at my phone number. It's 401-486-5105. Um, my last name is spelled S-C-H-E-I-N. You can look for me on Facebook. I, I thought I was done with getting friends, and then I met Walter. And now all these people <laughs> that say that Walter's their friend are, are friendly. Uh, Facebook. I have a, a business page for my law office and I also have um, my personal page and uh, I, I don't necessarily post a lot, but I like to comment on other people's posts, you know, so it's good. No, you're, you're Walter's going to get me posting more. <laughs> <laughs> you're super active on Facebook. Uh, like you, you're just, you involved with everybody. Like you go right, and you exactly. comment and you post. Uh, we got to get you to posting a little bit more though. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. I gotta get my Instagram back up. I I, uh, I listened to a bigger pockets about digital minimalism by Cal Newport, and he said, "Get rid of your your Instagram." So, no way. <laughs> that's a great book too. Digital minimalism. Digital minimalism. I, I'm scared of it already. I, I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm supposed to be exploding and putting more out there. <laughs> don't, read that. don't read that one. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> All right, brother Mike. Right, cool. Thank you, uh, Mike. Thank you so much. Um, I will see you Saturday. Guys, when you have a choice, always work with the best. Mike Shine, cheers, my friend. I'll see cheers. you soon. Great to see you. <laughs>